0: It's time for the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Clay Patton. Joining us to talk the trade today, Darren Fessler, Lakefront Futures. Darren, thanks for joining us today. As we take a look, it was a mixed day overall in the grains, but uh, what started out as maybe a a mixed day for livestock turned out to be a really good day for cattle. So I'm going to flip-flop what I usually do on Final Bell and start with grains and end with cattle. I want to talk here especially about these feeder cattle really making a charge up here towards the end. What are you seeing on your end?
1: Yeah, we're continuing to hold on August feeders, set feeders. A lot of the feeder boards, no matter how much month you look at here, we're holding the the 50-day moving average, which is encouraging. Uh, we're, we we found that support back here in June as well. Um, it just it just kind of tells you this trend is it, having a hard time. You know, we have these days, or we have a few days where we're selling off, but we're we're not able to break below the 50. I think that overall it, it is encouraging from a technical perspective. Now. We found the last few days we're finding resistance at the nine day moving average. If we can gather some, some steam ahead of the nine H model, finish above it, I mean, we're probably going to go back and retest, uh, those 155, one high 154 numbers, uh, on far as the August and even the, the, the September, you're, you're starting to look at the one, you know, that, that same type of level as well too.
0: For guys that like to look at the spreads, we look at the calendar spreads between from August 18 all the way out to May 19 contracts. Darren, there's not a lot of spread action here. Is this a point where a guy can get in and kind of look to maybe play some calendar spreads on the feeder cattle?
1: Oh, yeah, especially if you're trying to do some hedging. I think that right now is a probably a, a decent a decent spot to do that, especially if You know, we do start breaking below some of the 50 days because there is, there is a little bit of air below, uh, the market here. I know you got some moving averages that are, that that may act as support, but we've, we've had a decent run here. Uh, I'm not saying that the, the run is over by any, any stretch here, but we have had a decent move higher in a lot of these cattle, especially feeders since the mid parts of May and we're still looking at some decent hedge opportunities.
0: Move over to live cattle now. Fed cattle exchange actually selling eighty percent today. That dollar ten to dollar ten twenty five range does this kind of signal maybe some bullish support on the board to maybe try and push this to catch up back up to cash.
1: Well, I, I certainly think there is, and it's interesting to note how how the August uh, fats have performed today. We, and we, we've been at, we the low was one hundred seven fifty on that the contract today, the August fats, and what I've seen later on in the session. It, it seems like there was a lot of people selling the 108 calls, uh, meaning that there's somebody out there thinking that we're going to have a big move here before the end of the week. Um, so with that being said, I, I do think as we move far move further with this cattle, I, I do think that, that cattle is trying to chase, chase that cash right now, which is a positive thing. You start looking at the cattle, I mean, we're starting to find this resistance. We have been uh, basically from the middle of July until now, uh, the, the 200 day, this 108.80 level is just, is acting as a thorn in the side for fat cattle. Now, if we can actually get, get above there too, uh, we have some upside in cattle. i have a little bit more friendly, uh, bats right here if we can continue to maintain the, the trend line support along the 20 day exponential. But, uh, we can, we need to get above that 200 day and there's some room to move higher here, I think.
0: Then we look over here at lean hogs and again, lean hogs, it almost seems like they just kind of enjoy hanging in that red to moderately lower. Once again, today, October, the only one able to close in the green up a nickel. As we take a look there, is that spreading against the cattle that we see coming into play, or is this just kind of factors relating back to the outside world and that sell off it saw in the carcass this week?
1: I think it's just outside uncertainty. Um, you still have some uncertainty. Well, we had some decent, uh, you know, some decent price action the last week. We, we're starting to see it again, the sell-off again this week. And we just need, I think, uh, cat, or from the hog standpoint, we just need a much clearer picture about what's going on with these, these trade issues with China. And I think that's what you're kind of seeing in a lot of the grains as well.
0: And then talking a little bit of trade right here as well, for pork, if we could get something ironed out on NAFTA, would that be beneficial?
1: Yeah, from my sources, it, it, it almost sounds as though that uh, we, we're pretty close, I think, on the Mexico deal. Uh, we're still waiting for a little bit of issues to resolve themselves with Canada, but I, I think the NASA deal is going to come hopefully here pretty soon. But I'm, I'm our sources are saying uh, there's some positive things that, that's going to happen here in the near future. Hopefully,
0: as we take a look here, just kind of the outside factors and outside influences. The uh, Federal Reserve meeting today not moving anything on interest rates. Does this really come back and affect our ant commodities any? Uh,
1: yeah, I mean you, we've seen this increase in interest rates so far. I mean. I mean, with with what we've had seen so far in the prices, uh, the interest rate factor at, th- at this juncture is going to be in the back of a lot of bankers' minds, uh, especially if we're starting to really push some of these break-evens and how are guys really going to get their bills paid if they're at some of these higher-cost production levels.
0: And then as we're going into our final question here for the first segment of Fontenelle Final Bell, uh, as we see that dollar index has just kind of been steadily creeping a little bit higher and a little bit higher, Anything to be concerned there with or is it just trading in its channel and in its range?
1: I think it's been channel and, and it's, it's channel here for quite some time. Uh, last couple of days it's been higher here. Uh, I'm looking for, uh, if we can actually get above, uh, let's just say today's highs tomorrow. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the index were to test 95 or higher again.
0: Again, we're talking with Darren Fessler, Lakefront Futures on the Fontenelle final bell. We've covered a lot of ground here in the livestock today. Again, impressive moves upward here by the feeder cattle as we see a 2 dollars half dollar move up there by front month August. Live cattle trying to follow them with some triple digit moves and some out months. And then lean hogs kind of falling more to the back of the pack here, talking some outside market factors as well, including trade and from both the Chinese perspective as well as NAFTA. We are able to touch there as well on the, the, uh, Fed, the federal reserve coming together not changing rates today as we come up here on our second segment of the final bell we're going to talk more grains as well kind of what producers need to be looking at when it comes to a marketing strategy when you want the latest in ag news and market information make it the rural radio network when you want market info make it the Fontenelle final bell Welcome back to the Fontanelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Clay Patton. We're talking the trade today. Darren Fessler, Lakefront Futures. Darren, again, thank you for joining us here today. In our last segment, talking about livestock and outside market factors, let's talk about grain now, starting here with the ones ending in the grain, Chicago and Kansas City wheat. Another impressive move higher here. Are we still focusing on global drought conditions in major wheat-growing areas?
1: Yeah, I definitely think we are. I think there was a lot of disappointment from last week's wheat tour and then spring wheat country, and it's just it continues to spill over here. I think that what you're seeing here is also with funds being uh, really record short, you're seeing continued short covering. I think at this juncture too is you're starting to get momentum-type traders coming to this market, push this thing a little bit higher. I think that from uh, just you look at – I know it's early, but you start thinking about, you think about next year's acreage. If beans, beans have a lot of work to do because right now I'm speaking to guys across the country and it's, they are still looking towards wheat. If we can maintain these levels or even hedge these levels and we, beans can't do nothing, it, there's some guys who are going to make some really good hedges, really good sales out here um, on the Kansas City board. Thing is, you know, some of the world wheat supplies going to be dwindling it looks like germany in itself is going to be at the lowest level since 20 uh or 2003 russia's had issues ukraine has had issues france i mean you look across the board i mean our winter wheat has had issues now at the end of the day is it going to matter i mean we we've had a a very good rally producers should be looking to take advantage of that and probably be starting to take a look at the 2019 crop because we are getting some levels that are pretty attractive
0: as we take a look here on the global stage, talking about other countries suffering as well, where does u s wheat kind of price itself in here right now? Is it attractive as an export
1: i think it I think it is as attractive as an export, and that's where I'm getting a little bit more concerned the higher we go in wheat. Um, we have been really cheap for uh, you know from an export standpoint. We've been pretty cheap here now we've gotten this decent size rally you know, I'm just from a from a risk management side I'm getting a little bit worried that the further we move up here is it going to deter um, US exports further because our overall export program for wheat this year has not been very strong um, so I think moving forward um, you got to start to take a look at do these higher prices deter some of those exports if it does and guys do get some hedges in place and we do that we do have some decent decently large acreage next year because the beans are um, kind of down here a little bit. Um, we could be looking at quite a bit more wheat acres. That's why I'm, I'm stressing, guys, especially in the KC market, to, you know, think about some hedges here. Think about some puts, selling up some calls. Keep your upside open a little bit.
0: Darren, I want to hearken back to what you said in our first talk about wheat here. And the spring wheat tour drastically differed from the crop progress reports we'd seen going into it. We see crop progress come out again this week, not seeing a lot of change in those good to excellent ratings. So as we compare it to wheat and corn and soybeans, how much should we be reading into these crop progress reports and kind of looking out towards the end of these crops?
1: Yeah, and, you know, I after last year's ratings, they, they just seem to differ a lot from even the previous years. And even, even this year, I mean, you have some head scratchers of, of, you know, why, why is Minneapolis, or that spring wheat market, why are we even close to 80% good to excellent if the crop is still the upper 30s, low 40s? It doesn't seem like the, what, what, what we've seen on the wheat tour versus what the rate, it, it, it hasn't matched up. It's not matching up if you cross it with beans or corn in some of these areas. Uh, I, I, think that that's the biggest frustration for guys is there. The, the trade relies on these Monday reports. You, you get something that just kind of throws the farmer a head scratcher and, and the market's going to trade that. And I think what, what we've seen in the trade so far is some of the spring wheat. I think that the trade is looking at, okay, we don't believe the crop range right now. We're believing what we, what, what the, what the tour has seen and we're buying this market. It's the same way when the spring market. we, we're getting momentum type sellers in there I think overall you're still going to have an okay crop it's just not a going to be a complete disaster like we had seen in the wheat, wheat country let's move a, o- a wheat country.
0: Let's move over to soybeans now given back their big gains they made yesterday they gave a pretty good chunk of that back today is it again kinda of by that rumor of maybe we'll get some trade news and then start selling the fact when it doesn't happen
1: yeah I mean yesterday we had that China kinda of wants to come to the table and talk and then late last night Trump, Trump says something different. The, the trade just wants a much clearer picture about what's going on here. I think that beans are attractive value. Uh, I think that, like I said earlier, I think beans have a lot of uh, work to do to, to buy acres for next spring. I know it's early, but I mean, pretty soon or later, we're going to get seed dealers out there getting some early discount calls in the place here. And guys are going to be thinking about, well, what should I plant for next spring? And at this juncture, to speaking with customers across the country, there's not a whole lot of encouragement to to plant beans right here, uh, especially with with how December 19 corn is looking right now. So they got some got some legs to do, but all overall it's coming down to what's this weather forecast going to be like in August, it's going to make or break this crop, and with our increased acres, what's that final yield going to look like uh, come January.
0: That's Darren Fessler, Lakefront Futures and Options. You can find out more at lakefrontfutures.com. This has been the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.